Welcome to this week's episode of the Founder and the Force Multiplier podcast, where we explore how founders and leaders work together with their right-hand partners to turn ideas into action and build wildly successful businesses. Today, I'm speaking with Vanessa Rosenblum and Liza Lambert from Pro REA Staffing. CEO Vanessa Rosenblum believes in designing the life you want to lead, and she is passionate about helping clients do the same by hiring talented people and creating powerful leverage in their businesses and coaching agents to develop their leadership skill set. Vanessa founded Pro REA Staffing, the real estate industry's leading recruiting firm for real estate teams and brokerages in 2008. During her career, Vanessa has developed specific strategies for helping her clients craft job opportunities that attract talent, screening methods to ensure lasting fit, and onboarding procedures to build a strong foundation for future growth. As a result, she and her team at Pro REA Staffing are proud to say that they have over 1,500 successful placements to their credit. Vanessa also built her business while traveling and exploring different cultures and lifestyles and has lived in places as diverse as Tuscany, Costa Rica, and Maui. Today, she works remotely from Spain, where she and her husband and son live. Executive assistant Liza began her career in the hospitality industry, where she gained extensive experience in HR and as an executive assistant to multiple general managers. For the past nine years, Eliza has dedicated her talents as the executive assistant for Vanessa Rosenblum and Pro REA Staffing, where she is the behind the scenes team specialist and culture keeper. Liza takes pride in finding new ways to improve team morale while exemplifying Pro REA Staffing's values, making her an invaluable member of the Pro REA Staffing team. I love it when I get to talk to founders and force multipliers who just get it. The partnership between Vanessa and Liza is amazing and really showcases what's possible when you bring together two individuals who are committed to communication, care, and creating a strategic business partnership. Be sure to check out the show notes to download a free real estate assistant salary guide as well. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I think you will, then be sure to let us know in the usual places, such as leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. Hello, Vanessa and Liza. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Well, we're glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I am. Well, I'm really excited to have both of you, Vanessa. Of course, I've known you and kind of followed your work for quite some time. And then I know when we were chatting recently, I only just realized that you and Liza have been working together for nine years, which I think is amazing. It's it's not common that you see such long partnerships. So I'm very excited to talk to you both about that today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So to, just to get started, for those who are listening who aren't familiar with your companies, could you tell us a bit about Pro REA Staffing and Higher Lab, which is newer, I believe. But yeah, just tell us a little bit about the companies and how they got started. Yeah, definitely. So Pro REA Staffing is a recruiting firm. We're a nationwide firm that specializes in placing administrative staff on real estate teams. And I started that company in 2008. And Liza joined me a few years after that, not too long after that. And then Higher Lab is really just an extension of the Pro REA staffing brand. We have two audiences. We talk to candidates about their career and we have agents. We talk to them about building a team and those are very different conversations. And so we decided to just split that, split that up. So Pro REA staffing's website is full of resources for admins who want to explore careers in real estate. And then Hire Lab is full of resources to help real estate agents hire, train, manage, lead, develop their real estate team. Very cool. And Liza, when you came in to the picture and into the company, I'm just kind of curious, like what was your background and how did you two meet? Um, because that's always a question we get is how do you hire somebody? 
like, and I'm sure you get that too, Vanessa, all the time. Like, did you hire through your own staffing program or some other way? So I started actually off in hospitality. I worked for Hotel Corporation and I started off in human resources and I held every role under the sun. So I was an employment coordinator, benefits manager, and associate relations manager. And then when I was at a hotel in Phoenix, there was an opening for an executive assistant. And so I moved over to that role and I was the executive assistant for the GM for about three years. And then when you're in hospitality, your career trajectory kind of is dependent on your ability to move to different hotels and different cities. And so when I left Phoenix, I went to Huntington Beach and then eventually ended up in Washington, D.C., where I was the executive assistant for the area vice president there. And my husband, who also is hospitality, he's in food and beverage, he obtained a job in Maui, Hawaii. And ironically, I was six months pregnant at the time. So we decided to pack our bags and move to Maui, Hawaii. And I took about a year and a half off to care for my son. And when I was going back to the career force, I was looking at jobs on Craigslist. And Vanessa happened to post a job and I applied and the rest is history, so to speak. That is, that That's awesome. I just, I can't help but laugh because I was also hired off of an ad on Craigslist. And I don't think that's a common, I mean, you, you two know better than I do. I don't think that's a common thing anymore. I don't know if people are advertising on Craigslist. No, no. I mean, that goes speaks to how long ago we met, right? Nobody uses Craigslist anymore. But back in the day, that was a good place to find admin. It was. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Vanessa, is this your, was this your first company that you founded or, you know, kind of what was your path to starting pro REA staffing? Yeah. So I was a finance major at USC and I started working for a real estate business coach while in school. And while working for, I ended up becoming his operations manager when I graduated from school and very quickly started helping our real estate agent clients hire. Mm. So I was 23-ish and had no idea what I was doing. And I put candidates through these crazy assessments and just experimented and tried things. And eventually I started a recruiting firm underneath that umbrella mm. called performance management, I think it was called. And then my boss um, went off and started a real estate company. I did that full time. And then my a couple Keller Williams operating partners came to me and said, we like what you do, but can you Kellerize it? And that was the, the beginning of pro REA staffing back in 2008. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. What was it like for you going from, you know, an employee to an entrepreneur? Well, I knew it was something that I always wanted to do, but it was scary. I mean, I really got pushed out of the nest because I had this, you know, I had a salary and I had support and I was sort of part of this organization. And then he just said, surprise, we're not doing this anymore. I'm going out on my own. I'm starting this real estate company. You can kind of take what you started and run with it. So for, I mean, longer than I'd like to admit, I would just meet people at Starbucks to interview them. I'd say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of between places. Let's just meet at the Starbucks. And it was the Starbucks right down the street from my house. And then finally I could afford an office and, you know, I got myself established. But yeah, those first couple of years are are scary. And really up, I was just winging it. I mean, I, I think my story is so much like most young entrepreneurs, like you're just making it happen and you're flying by the seat of your pants and you're acting as if, and then suddenly you need help. And then if you're lucky, you find someone who says, okay, let's get all that stuff out of your head. Let's like, let's systematize that. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, like, let's make a process. If it wasn't for Liza, none of that would have happened. I would have just kept, you know, running and gunning on my own. Was Liza your first hire? 
I've had, I had other recruiting assistants, okay. but I, I was at a point where I knew I is at that point where I knew I needed help, but I didn't know what I needed, which is sort of the classic conversation right. I have with clients all the time because I had a recruiting assistant and that was working, but I knew I needed someone just to help me. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted to get pregnant and I knew that I was just going to need more support. And so I originally hired Liza part-time and I just thought, well, she can like go grab my lunch and file things. I mean, I had no idea. And then Liza got in and it was like really quick that I realized that, wow, she's underutilized. Like, I need to find a real job for this woman. And we just sort of figured it out together. It was really cool. That's awesome. So you were in the same place in the beginning of the partnership. And then now do you, does your whole team work completely remotely? Yes. So when we first started working together, Liza would come to my house on Maui and then about when I was about six months pregnant, my husband got a job all the way across the country in Boston. Wow. And so we had to pick up and move to Boston. And I we haven't seen each other in person since, which is really sad. So what was that? Seven, yeah. Eight years at this point or eight years, nine years? Yeah. yeah. Eight years. Eight years. Eight, right? Yeah. Eight years. Yeah. yeah. Sad. Crazy. <laughs> but it clearly works. So so what are you what are you doing? What can you share with our our listeners about how you're continuing to build this really strong, lasting partnership with each other remotely, but also with the rest of your team. I'm going to say, and maybe one thing is that we're each other's biggest supporters. We can rely on one another for anything. And Nessa knows this, that I am fiercely protective of her and her time. And I think everybody needs someone like that in their corner. And I think that's really made us successful over the years. Vanessa, would you agree with that? hundred percent. Like I am Liza's biggest fan and I protect her fiercely and she does the same for me. And I think that level of like care and trust mm -hmm. is so valuable and so special. And it frees me up to, you know, take risks and, you know, go do lots of other things. And Liza knows that no matter what's happening in her world, I'm going to make sure she's okay. Like she's priority number one. And so it doesn't matter where we are in the world. Like We've got each other's back, which is really special. Yeah, exactly. We're each other's accountability partners. Mm -hmm. We keep each other on our goals. And that's what's so important because when we do that, we continually motivate one another. And you need that accountability partner every single day. And Vanessa and I have had our ebbs and flows when it comes to the business. But no matter how the real estate industry changes, our relationship is always strong. It's always stable because we have that foundation. How did you build that? earlier in the relationship? I think Liza is so incredibly consistent. Like she, I am not, I, I like to change things all the time. I'm pretty much, when I read the founder of the force multiplier, I was just giggling yeah. at some, some I was of like, like every founder, you sound like every founder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I really like having someone who I could say this needs to happen every Tuesday at 10 o'clock. And it literally happens every Tuesday to the point where I will forget that that thing is still happening. And Liza will like discover a year later that she's still logging something in a report that I haven't looked at. So we make a practice of reviewing all the things because she's so, and so that trust, like knowing that I can hand this, I can throw it over the fence and it is going to happen was so freeing. And she's so uh, like professional. She's so professional. Like we're, we're like, we could be besties, right? But we live halfway across the world from each other. And even though we have that care for each other. She never takes advantage of it. Like if she's going to have to take time off or something's going to happen, she always lets me know, even though she knows like, I don't care. Like go, you do you, like it's all going to get done, but she's so consistent and so respectful of 
our roles and what I need to know. And so that's, you know, that really built the trust mm-hmm. from the get go. That's really amazing. Liza, how did it, how did that trust get built for you? And so when you start off as an EA in a new role, the truth is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think care and trust go hand in hand. And so building trust is the foundation to any strong relationship. And so with Vanessa, when she talks about leadership, she always refers to this one Simon Sinek quote, whereas leadership isn't about being in charge, but taking care of those in your charge. And I believe that's does. She pours into her people. She makes working for her a joy. And so for me, it's not going to work. It's actually doing something that I'm passionate about and working for someone who's passionate about something as well. Mm. And so me, I think that trust is built through open communication. We are always transparent with one another. And I think when you have that with someone, that trust just grows through the years. And then you kind of become a mind reader for that executive. You take your three steps ahead. And I know if you had a relationship with someone for a long period of time, you know, sometimes things will get stagnant. But for Vanessa and I, we've always found that our relationship continues to grow. And I think that's, it's because of the trust that we've built throughout the years. Yeah, that's, that's really amazing to hear. You mentioned a few minutes ago about the whole accountability piece that you help hold each other accountable. What does that look like day to day or or week to week? Do you have any particular tactics or strategies that you use? Well, on my end, I'm not afraid to ask the hard questions. So when you have a founder who's had all these innovative ideas and they have all these projects, you have to ask the hard questions. And Vanessa knows that I'll ask her thousands of questions a day when it comes to a specific project, because I want to put care in that project and want to execute it the way she wants. Because as an executive, she's casting the vision. And I'm taking that vision and turning into fruition. And so I want to make sure that when I'm asking her questions, not only am I asking her questions, but I'm providing her feedback because even if it's a different perspective and it's something that they may not agree with, that perspective will help them make informed decisions later on. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the other thing that Liza does that we've implemented for about six months and we're pretty good about it is our one thing. So every week, every Monday, she's like, so what's your one thing this week? Like the big rock project that has to get done. I can't think about it on a day-to-day basis. I just need like a week chunk at a yeah. time. And so she makes me think, okay, what is my what is my priority this week? What do I need to get done by Friday? And then she's there to support me through it. And then she knows whether or not it happened by Friday. And if, if it was just me saying, I'm going to do my 315 or I'm going to set my goal for the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do it for a couple of weeks and then I would completely forget that that was something I wanted to do. But Liza, every Monday without fair, without fail, like reminds me and that accountability and, and that consistency is, is really cool. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I do love that one focusing initiative or project for the week. I find that that is a, such a great framework. And I particularly love that Liza helps hold you accountable to that and I'm sure helps you make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Liza, you mentioned about having these hard conversations with Vanessa, which I agree in asking those tougher questions or just asking questions in general. I agree that that is such an important part of this, a great strategic partnership. How did you learn to have those hard conversations? Was that just natural for you or is it something you had to learn over time? And and how did you develop that skill? Well, no, it's definitely not something I was comfortable with at first because I'm an introvert. And so for me, it was really hard. I felt timid at first to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think what we talked about building that trust and the fact that we've been together for nine years, 
helped me with my, you know, confidence in being able to do that. And I think what you have to do is you just got to get it done at the end of the day. And sometimes when you are with someone for a while, you have that comfort level and you're able to do that. And so I think it definitely took time. And also, it also took the ability for me to have that transparent communication with Vanessa. Because if we didn't have that open communication, then I wouldn't be comfortable in asking her these questions. Mm-hmm. And if I could add on to that, there are times when Liza is asking me questions about something and I am so annoyed. Like, I do not want to answer another question about this thing. Like, just read my mind and figure it out already. I don't have other things to yeah. do. But I know, and I've always been very careful about respectfully answering all the questions. And I know that that's what she needs. And I know as a leader, my job, my top priority is to answer my assistant's questions. Like when your assistant emails you or calls you, like that is the one you get back to first because you're the stopgap. Like she's waiting on you, right? And so even though I'm annoyed because I just want her to read my mind, I make sure that I answer those questions and I try really hard not to show that I'm annoyed because I want it to be safer to ask those questions. And I know that there are times when like, she knows she's pushing me to get clarity. She knows I'm probably frustrated that I'm having to answer these questions and I don't need to make that worse for her. So, yeah. So I'm conscious of it. Because I like I like practicing patience is is like an ongoing practice for me, right? And so this is part of that. It's like, okay, I'm gonna like breathe through this. I'm gonna, you know, lean in, gonna do what I need to do because it's important. I'm not gonna annoy her by not answering her question. Well, and I imagine that the more over time as she's at, you know, as any force multiplier is asking these questions of their of their leader, it, it, if by the very fact that you're answering them they get better at asking better questions. And, you know, sometimes the end of, again, those questions become less over time, or they just become so much more higher impact questions or higher level questions. But if you don't do some of that miscellaneous questions in the beginning, you never really are training your assistant to think like you do. So I think that I'm so right. great, great, grateful to hear that you invested that time. But I would say even more than that, there are times when I have a half-baked idea. Mm. And I just, you know, like, I kind of think I know what yeah, I want, right. right? And I'm sure, Haley, you've been in this situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, something gets thrown over the shoulder, like, hey, I want you to do this thing. Oh, okay. So let's, like, figure out like, exactly what it is you want. Because yeah. it's clear that, that your leader doesn't know. And so, you know, sometimes that's hard to get your leader to slow down. Yes. But but there's no point in moving forward if you don't, if they don't even know what they're asking you to do, right? So um, yeah, it's a process for sure. Yeah, yeah. And asking those clarifying questions is so important. Eliza, you talked a little bit about asking questions, helping hold Vanessa accountable. Are there any other strategies or again, just kind of things that are in your calendar day to day or week to week that you do to help lead and manage up to Vanessa? So I think as an executive assistant, you really have to have a servant's heart and you have to put your executive's priorities in the the forefront because- what you are giving them is the most important gift is time. You are mm. protecting their time. And so what I do is I take things off of her plate without even, you know, batting an eye. It's like, Vanessa, I'll take care of crafting this presentation in Canva. I'll take care of executing this project. I'll take care of doing the business plan agenda. And so those are the different things that I do to manage up because the most important thing is protecting her time and giving her that creative space to focus on other things, which will then increase her productivity. Did you, maybe earlier in your relationship, did you just 
take them and not ask for permission and just ask for forgiveness later? Or were you asking for permission? Or Vanessa, were you kind of delegating it off? How did that how did that kind of all happen? So when we first started, we didn't have any systems in place. And so I had to create and implement and streamline our systems. And for that, that was something that I took the initiative in doing. And it was something that I asked for forgiveness later. But at the same time, you know, I, there are certain tasks that Vanessa will assign me. But you also have to take that proactive approach when it comes to that. If you see something as an executive, you're a fixer. You're a problem solver. You're not just going to stand by and you're not a taskmaster. You're not going to have a list of tasks that you need to check off. You want to take that initiative and make sure your executive is taken care of. And so sometimes it's a little bit of both, I think. You know, she'll, you know, give me a project to work on or I'll take the initiative to work on something. That's awesome. I always like to hear about, you know, some of the the less favorable times in a, in a partnership or in a business, because I think we can learn so much from the challenges that people go through. Has there, were there any times that either of you can think of where maybe you had a challenge with each other or a communication gap and, and what happened with the relationship and how did you work through it? Yeah. So Liza and I were talking about this question because you sent us a couple of prompts in advance. And she's like, can you, I can't think of anything. Can you? And I did think of something, Liza. So we got to a period where Liza shifted from being my executive assistant to really being the operations manager. So she was supporting the recruiting team and, and she was sort of had her hands in everything. And I was happy as a clam. I thought everything was good. And then I had a conversation with an intuitive advisor named Enmay Mangles, mm -hmm. who you might know. Yes. And we were having a conversation. And one of the things I love about her is she's really good at dialing in on the motivators and like things that are going on with other people. I think that's like her biggest gift. And so we were going through the team and she gets to Liza's picture and she goes, what am I even still doing here? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Say what? And she goes, yeah, she is, doesn't know why she's here. She's lost her purpose and she doesn't, she doesn't feel connected to you anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was floored. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So, we, you know, she knew I was going to have that call with Enmay. So afterwards, you know, we hop on a call and I told her what Enmay said and she started to cry. Sorry, Liza, if I'm outing you, if you don't mind. And she's like, yeah, it's true. I like, I love working here, but I want to work for you. I want to be your executive assistant. And we had kind of drifted as the company had grown and changed. And so we fixed that. I brought Liza much closer to me and I, you know, we, we made those adjustments, but I feel so grateful to Enmay because honestly, yeah. I had no idea anything was wrong. So I think that was like one of the only times when we were not really in sync. And I'm so glad we were able to fix it. Yeah, that's, well, it's a testament, you know, to, to that relationship, right? That you can just even have those, have those more difficult conversations. And Liza, I definitely understand where you were in that, that moment. And I think that that's actually quite common with high achievers and with higher level executive assistants or force multipliers. I think it's quite common that, especially in a growing organization, they start getting more and more responsibility and then they start running things, but it, which seems great. And they're probably, you're probably, we're fantastic at it. And yet you start missing that, what got you into the job in the first place or got you excited about what you were working on in the first place, which I completely agree. It's the same thing for me. Like, I don't really care what I'm doing as long as I'm working like right next to Adam and we're running and creating and doing things together. If you get too far away from that, it can become challenging. Um, so th that's a great reminder. So thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, you're welcome. Let's talk a little bit about, about 
entrepreneurs and like from your person and, and CEOs, I guess, Vanessa, from your perspective, why do you think this is, I guess, my assumption that so many are hesitant to hire assistants? Why do you think that it? Yeah, I, I think that's a really good thing to talk about. I think one of them is that fear of the unknown so that I know I need help, but I don't know what I need. Oh my gosh. And then I have to bring somebody into my mm-hmm. life. But then if you're doing it right with an EA, they know basically everything about you. Like they are in your business, right? And so there's this level of vulnerability and transparency that you have to be willing to have. And if you've just been a solopreneur or, you know, you just, you've been responsible for all your own stuff, letting just, I've seen agents just be, or, or, you know, small business owners really resist even giving up their calendar, like that lack of like sense of control and then to let somebody into your email and then somebody knows your banking information and that they know your wife's anniversary and birthday. Like they, they have to know all these things, right? If they're doing it right, they know everything. So there's a lot of trust there. And I think that's hard. So I think those are two things. And then also you, you have to slow down to speed up, right? So you bring this person into your life. They have to get acclimated to everything that's going on around you. You have to slow down to explain things. Mm-hmm. And when you're running and gunning, it there can be a lot of resistance to having to explain something that you know you could just do yourself. But you know, you have to slow down yeah. to let go of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think all of that is so true. Do you find in many of your conversations that entrepreneurs or agents or whoever you're working with don't understand the because the ROI is harder to quantify with a assistant than adding a salesperson, for example. So how do you, how do you navigate that part of the conversation about letting them know that hiring an assistant is actually a great return on their investment? Yeah, that's a great question because it is hard to quantify, right? But not everything is about dollars and cents. There's also getting your time back, mm-hmm. your time for your personal life, as well as to do more business. It's about knowing that somebody has your back. I mean, for me, there have been times when, you know, yes, I probably could have gotten away with not having an assistant, but we always joke that Liza knows where the bodies are buried. I could literally be in a coma for three months and my husband would, there'd be money deposited into the account. Everyone would get paid. So there's this like insurance policy that is really huge because people count on me. I am the breadwinner for my family. My husband's a stay-at-home dad. I have employees, like people count on me. If something happens to me, it impacts a lot of people. And I mean, I have a small company, like if if some people, it's impactful, a lot of people. And your executive assistant, I mean, could really kind of help cover your basis. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. So it's, it's about leveraging your time. It's about protecting your interests. And I mean, really, if you want a dollar and cents it, like look, calculate your dollar per hour rate and think, do you, should you really be doing X, Y, and Z, or should you be focusing more on those dollar productive activities? Mm -hmm. But I think it's just so much more than the dollars and cents. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you're right. It's time. It's what is that time worth, whether it is an actual dollar amount or just peace of mind. Very true. I'd love to ask you, we'll start with you, Vanessa. What do you think are a couple of things that leaders need to know to successfully partner with an executive assistant? Yeah, I was thinking about this one. I think the biggest and most important thing is your assistant is the most important person in your professional life and you need to treat them like that. 
you know, these age, these professionals who, you know, like talk down to their assistant or don't get back to them or are condescending or, yeah, I mean, like this is like the most important person in your life. You treat them like it. I think that is the most important thing. And if you have someone where you, you can't treat them like the most important thing in your life, then you have the wrong person and you need to find a better person. So I think that's really key. You know, we talked about care, respect, and trust, super, super important. And then you know, we kind of also touched on this, but you have to be the leader that's worthy of them. Like this, this is a partnership. This isn't a hierarchy with this person. Like they, they are like your, I always joke, like Liza's my better half, right? She's my work wife. You know, she's the person that like compliments me. So she needs to be treated and cared for and respected like that. And then things flow better. Yeah, that, I, I love that. I love that you, I can already see that we're going to have a couple of sound bites from what you just said, because I think more leaders do that. <laughs> so thank you. Liza, what could you share with some of the EAs or chiefs of staff who are listening about what you think EAs need to know to successfully work with a leader? I think something important to remember is they have to leave your ego at the door. And there are times that when your executive, your executive says something to you, you know, it may be hurtful or it may be something you don't want to hear, but you have to take it with a grain of salt and have a tough skin because at the end of the day, there's going to be wins and there's going to be failures. And I tell my son this all the time, the word fail is just an acronym for first attempt in learning. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a learning curve. And so you just have to keep that in mind that it's not going to be successful from this get-go. It's a work in progress, and it's always going to be a work in progress. And when you're with your executive, you want to also make sure that you're observing them and their management style and how they talk to others. Because if they're out of the office or if they're on vacation, you need to be the one to speak to clients, to speak to candidates, and you want to articulate in the way that they would. You're essentially the extension of your executive. And so you just want to remember that. And I think for every executive assistant out there, you know, you just have to have that open relationship with your executive where Vanessa, I say, she creates a safe space for me and she creates a safe space for everyone on our team. And so if you have that, I think as an executive assistant, you need to appreciate that and realize that you are there for that executive. You know, you are there, right or die. I talk to Vanessa all the time about she's the yin to my yang. Mm-hmm. Like you partnership together. And I think that's what would make it successful. I love that. One last, well, a couple last questions. How do you, I mean, you've shared a little bit about this already, but is there anything specific that you can point to that has really helped you build a, lo- a lasting partnership? Maybe a couple of takeaways that others can also put into play so that they create a nine-year relationship or a 12-year relationship or a 20-year relationship? You know, I think Liza, we've had, we've lived our lives together, right? Like I had a baby, Liza's had to move for her husband's work and, you know, life happens, people get sick and you have to be, I think you really have to be flexible with people and like understand that people are humans and they have lives outside of work. And part of having a long partnership is getting through the tough stuff together. And sometimes that means like, Hey, you just, it's okay. You're just going to work part-time, but I'm going to pay you full time for the next three months. Cause you've got to go deal with this thing. Cause I know we're going to be together five years from now, or, you know, I'm going through something and Liza's like, okay, I know we're just not going to talk to each other for about a month because you got to go deal with me. I'm going to handle stuff for you or whatever. You got to take the long-term view. Mm. You have to take a long-term view. I mean, it's like a relationship, right? It's like a marriage. It's, you know, there's ups and 
you have to just keep keep it all in perspective and you know be i guess be flexible sometimes it's not always going to look like the way you want it to look yeah it really makes me think that of the fact that you just you've chosen to invest into the partnership and you, you know you've chosen to invest in open communication you've made the conscious choice to invest time and energy into each other and i think that that's just a, a really powerful thing yeah thank you so what are you both working on next? Yeah, there's always something going on around here. So ProREA is doing great. And we have an account manager named Erin who is really running things over there now. And so Liza and I have been freed up to work on some new projects. Mm-hmm. So I founded a, a consulting and coaching firm six months ago with a partner. And we're, we're doing coaching and consulting for real estate teams, really for small teams that are looking to build a legacy and, and, and build long-term sustainable teams. And then we're also, I'm the VP of operations for a mortgage tech company that's a startup and we're, we're getting that rolled out. So Liza is coming along for the ride on all sorts of projects and still just making sure that the home front, which is pro RA staffing mm-hmm. is still run it on, running smoothly. Very cool. Congrats on all of those new, those new and exciting projects. We'll definitely make sure we put all of the links yeah. so people can explore everything that you're working on. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining today. I really just, I love seeing these partnerships in action. I think you're such a great example of what a real strategic partnership looks like. So thank you for sharing that. Thanks for inviting us.